0: Welcome to Stepping Off Now, a podcast about how to live your creative best life. If you're feeling creatively stuck, burned out, or like you're not fulfilling your true creative potential, this podcast is for you. I'm Kendra, a social scientist and writer. I spent decades feeling creatively unfulfilled while I pursued conventional life goals, culminating in severe burnout that took years to recover from. This podcast chronicles my journey in real time as I find my way home to my essential creative self and seek to live my own creative best life. I discuss topics like harnessing the intuitive creative process, using creativity to manage mental health, and sorting through all the external pressures and expectations to figure out what you really want. My hope is that you'll find inspiration and solace here. You are not alone, and you are stronger and wiser than you know. You can find out more by visiting my website, kendrapatterson.com. Now, on to the show. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Have you ever wondered whether or not you have the depth of soul necessary to be a quote-unquote real creative or artist? And by depth of soul, I mean... Have you experienced enough of life? Have you felt enough of the things to actually have something to talk about, to to use in the act of creation? I'm asking this because I think that a lot of people assume that to be an artist or a talented artist, you have to have suffered in life. And the reason we believe this is that so many of the people that we consider to be our culture's great artists have suffered. Today, I want to take a look at what we're really talking about here, and whether or not it is required (laughs) to suffer in order to create wonderful art. I want to start by differentiating between suffering and mental health issues, because I think that we often conflate these two things, and I think that they're different. Many of us, myself included, struggle with mental health issues that include anxiety, depression, etc. And we know that many of our great artists have struggled with fairly severe or disruptive mental health issues, including uh, mood disorders and addiction. And we associate that with their art. We think that when we view their art, when we experience it, that that's a part of what infuses their art with its greatness. Suffering, on the other hand, is something different. It may or may not coincide with what we consider to be mental health issues, but suffering is part of the human condition. And everybody has experienced this kind of pain at some point in their life and probably every day of their life to some extent. None of us can escape life unscathed. All of us have formative experiences and not so formative experiences that have scarred us, and that cause us pain. We may not actively feel the pain on a daily basis, we may be better or worse at dealing with it or hiding from it. But that's there in all of us. And so I want to start off by being very clear that I do not believe personally that people with mental health struggles are somehow more artistic, or that you have to struggle in that way to be a creative or an artist. However, I do believe that it is important for creatives and artists to become familiar and friendly with the pain and suffering that is part of the human condition. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that in a moment, but I want to start with a little bit about my own thoughts about this and how they've evolved over time. This connection between suffering and art. I've always known since childhood that I'm creative, I never really considered myself an artist. But in part, that's because I'm a writer. And we usually tend to associate the term artist with usually, you know, like, uh, fine arts of some sort. But I always knew I was going to be a writer. And by the time I was a teenager, i pretty much saw that as my future. When I was 16, I was living overseas that year in Italy, up near Lake Como, in the northern part of Italy, very beautiful part of Italy, highly recommend. (laughs) I remember very, very clearly making a decision for myself that I was not going to pursue being an artist, or whatever I called it at that time, being a writer. Because I believed that in order to create art, you have to suffer. And I didn't want to. I remember making that decision for myself. I remember exactly where I was sitting, the room I was sitting in at my host parents, 500-year-old uh, house surrounded by all of this dark walnut wood and sitting at a little desk by my little window full of old wavy glass and making that decision for myself That if that's what it meant to be an artist, if that's what it took, I, I didn't want it. I wanted to be happy. And I didn't really write seriously again until I was in my early twenties. And again, I remember making the decision to write. I remember where I was. I was living in Japan at the time in or on the outskirts of Tokyo in this uh, second story apartment with a tatami floor and I was sitting at my low little table, and suddenly I thought, I'm going to write. And I thought about it for a little while, and then I started what became my first novel. When I made that decision, I also remember thinking that I didn't believe anymore that you have to suffer in order to be an artist, to be a writer. And that's what enabled me to make the decision that I was going to commit to writing. That was many years ago now, (laughs) and I've been through many ups and downs and a lot of suffering since then, and my thoughts about it have changed yet again. When I started writing fiction again after several years of being blocked after I got my PhD, my pain was a big part of that decision. The decade of my life prior to recommitting to my fiction had been a very painful one, not without its joys, of course, but... Much like my 20s, my 30s were also full of struggle for me. And I was starting to feel that the only thing that could possibly justify all of that immense suffering was if I could use it somehow. If I could write and express it that way, then it will have been worth it. That my life will not have been wasted, my life of suffering. But as I've journeyed down this path of recommitting not just recommitting, but fully committing to my art, which is something I hadn't done prior to the last few years of my life, I've felt mostly pretty good. Committing to the creative life is my antidepressant and my therapy. And these have been the happiest years of my life. And that kind of worried me because I felt like if I'm not actively living in my suffering, experiencing that, do I have any art do I have anything to give? Because I felt like that was my truth. And that's what art is, is, is an expression of your truth, your inner truth into the world. And I've talked to other people about this and have have been assured that getting over your suffering, getting over your pain, working through all of your shit doesn't mean that it's not still there and that you can't still use it for your art. It just means that you're not like actively... Struggling, And like many people, I have discovered over the years that conditions like depression are not conducive to creating art. Because when you're depressed, and when when your mind is just really cycling cycling through all of that stuff, you don't have a lot of energy to put into creating art and you don't have inspiration necessarily. I mean, you can still work when you're depressed. And I always did for the most part, unless I was severely depressed. But inspiration comes from openness and curiosity, which is kind of the opposite of what my personal experience, at least of depression is and anxiety as well. Uh, those are conditions that close you up and creativity requires a certain amount of openness to the world. So if you're self protecting, so that you don't feel as much pain, which is often what which is often what depression is, Uh, depression is associated with anhedonia, which is kind of a lack of, of emotion. I mean, you might feel really down and you might feel despair, but it kind of makes your emotions really gray. That's not really conducive to creativity. So I knew that that kind of struggling wasn't helpful to my art. But at the same time, I still felt like it was what made me want to do art because I'm writing about characters who struggle with these very issues. Because that's my truth. That's what I know, right? So in the midst of wondering about all this and knowing that I'd made a commitment to being happy, that that's my priority after suffering so much, I want to enjoy my life and feel happy as much as I possibly can, even more than I want to do art. (laughs) I was reintroduced to the work of Mickey Singer. Mickey Singer wrote The Untethered Soul and the Surrender Experiment. I've mentioned him on the podcast before. He is local to Gainesville. He wrote his, uh, Bestselling book, The Untethered Soul, around 2007, I believe, and got invited onto the Oprah show. And that's really when he became a rather famous figure. But he's been around since the 70s. And on the outskirts of town, uh, town being Gainesville, Florida, where I live, he built a retreat center where he hosts meditations and lectures and yoga and all this kind of stuff called temple of the universe. He built it in 1975. So this guy really has been around (laughs) longer than I've been alive. He's been teaching there at the temple of the universe. And uh, he owns a bunch of land that he bought up piece by piece over the decades. He was a software developer and made a ton of money. So he's totally self financed and just offers all of these resources for free to the community. And generations of people have gone to his temple of the universe to listen to him speak. I went a handful of times, maybe six to eight years ago. And I had a problem with his teachings. His teachings are very much in, I would say, sort of like a Zen Buddhist tradition. So he teaches. An attachment and that type of philosophy. My problem was that it seemed to me that what he was saying is that we need to stop all of our suffering and just live this happy, peaceful life where we're totally calm and nothing bothers us and we're unattached to everything and things just pass by us and we, we don't really experience the fullness of the human condition. That's what I heard when I went to his talks. And as an artist, that's not going to work for me. (laughs) Art is about the fullness of the human condition. But also, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer any more than anyone else wants to suffer because it's painful. And when you're suffering, you're actually not fully experiencing life, right? For a lot of different reasons. But one of the reasons is that you're feeling an excess of these difficult emotions, in lieu of feeling all of them. Of course, during the pandemic, the temple was closed, but it's reopened now. And I went back with a friend of mine, who I met at weightlifting class. So yay me for getting out of the house and actually doing something that ended in getting me a new friend. We went to the Temple of the Universe to attend one of Mickey Singer's lectures. And I started really listening to what he was saying like is he really saying that we should get to a place where we're so detached that we don't feel anything because it seems like it's either one or the other right you feel all the things and you suffer a lot or you practice unattachment and you're super calm and zen but then you don't do art (laughs) because you're always calm and zen like why would you do art if that's the case i realized that i was wrong that there is a happy medium that you can experience the richness that is being a human on this random planet, floating in a galaxy that is one of billions. And you can also not have to suffer. So in other words, I can keep doing art, I can still have the depth of soul, the human experience to use in my art. But life doesn't have to be Quite so painful. And so, for the remainder of this episode, I want to tell you a little bit about this most recent interpretation I have of Mickey Singer's work and how that works that you are familiar with the pain and the suffering, but you aren't the pain and suffering, if that makes sense. And that's basically the crux of his message is that we tend to, as human beings, identify ourselves with our emotions. We think that we are our emotions, but we're not. What we are is consciousness, a conscious being that experiences these emotions, but are separate from them. So it's almost as if the emotions are themselves this thing. They happen regardless. And we as conscious beings involve ourselves in these emotions that come and go. And what he teaches is that, and this is going to sound familiar because it is very much in the the Buddhist tradition, and also other types of philosophies and religions. If we can learn to observe ourselves experiencing these emotions, but not attach to them, not over identify with them, then we can be free of them. But he doesn't mean be free of them in the sense that we never have them again. We're always going to have these emotions because we're emotional beings but we don't have to cling to them, we can experience them and then let them go. So we do have that full human experience, but we're not clinging overly much to the painful aspects of being human. He calls these painful aspects the thorns that we have. When we have thorns, which we all do, because thorns are these painful experiences that we've had that have impacted us in a way that scars us, we get really protective over those soft spots, those thorns, right? Because we don't want anything to brush up against those tender places. But in so doing, we kind of keep the pain inside of us, right? Like an oyster that is forming a pearl around the piece of sand, rather than ejecting that piece of sand, like, oh, there's a piece of sand, let me get it out of here. Instead, it keeps worrying over it and worrying over it. Except we don't end up with pearls, do we? We just end up with more pain and festering. I'm going to let Mickey Singer's words explain more about this. And this comes from page 86 of his book, The Untethered Soul. And when I read this passage, this is when I realized, oh, okay, I can still be an artist. I can still use my pain, but I don't have to suffer from it. He writes, Ever since you were a child, you've had energies going on inside. Wake up and realize that you are in there and you have a sensitive person in there with you. Simply watch that sensitive part of you feel disturbance. See it feel jealousy, need, and fear. These feelings are just part of the nature of a human being. If you pay attention, you will see that they are not you. They are just something you're feeling and experiencing. You are the indwelling being that is aware of all of this. If you maintain your center... You can learn to appreciate and respect even the difficult experiences. For example, some of the most beautiful poetry and music have come from people who were in turmoil. Great art comes from the depth of one's being. You can experience these very human states without getting lost in them or resisting them. You can notice that you notice and just watch how experiencing loneliness affects you. Does your posture change? Do you breathe slower or faster? What goes on when loneliness is given the space it needs to pass through you? Be an explorer, witness it, and then it will go. If you don't get absorbed in it, the experience will soon pass and something else will come up. So enjoy all of it. If you can do this, you will be free, and a world of pure energy will open up within you. I think key to this passage is when he says enjoy all of it. This is hard to imagine, like how can you enjoy difficult and painful experiences, and getting to a place where you allow yourself to do that, you know, like, I feel like there's, there's almost a permission we need to give ourselves to actually enjoy the hard things in life, as well as the good things. I'm not sure what it is about that that seems wrong. If you're enjoying your difficult experiences, in a way, you're not fully experiencing them as difficult or it's almost disrespectful to other people who have really difficult and painful experiences because then it feels like you're trying to say, just enjoy it all, you know? And then that's not something that feels good that you want to say to people. So there's, there's, there's this permission I think we need to give to ourselves to actually be happy, right? That's at least that's what I've discovered in my own life. Like I almost feel guilty about being happy. Getting to a place where we can enjoy ourselves in the midst of feeling these challenging things, these disturbances, I think is a fascinating concept and one that I intend to explore further as I continue on this journey of being a creative and artist in the world. The interesting thing about the way Mickey Singer talks about this kind of thing is that this is what he conceptualizes as the spiritual journey it's a journey of spiritual growth and personal transformation, and coming to peace with pain. And to me, this sounds a lot like the creative journey. That's how I conceptualize the creative journey. Maybe the creative journey and the spiritual journey aren't that different, or maybe they're actually one and the same. So what I'm trying to say here is that being creative, doing creative work, doing art, isn't just this thing you do. It's a way of life and a path towards personal transformation that allows you to process to experience and process your own version of the human condition. And we all have painful thorns, regardless of whether or not we also struggle with mental health issues. All of us have pain, all of us have suffered. And The one thing I think is important is that we allow those feelings so that we can allow them to pass through us. A lot of people hide from those feelings, right? They distract themselves or suppress those feelings, they'll do whatever they can to not feel those things. We probably all do this to some extent. Even those of us who do suffer a lot, probably part of the suffering is that we are trying to avoid the painful stuff. And that is causing suffering. But simply being human, and allowing ourselves to be human and allowing ourselves to be open to experiencing ourselves in the world and experiencing all of the things going on inside of us is enough to, I mean, that's more than enough inspiration (laughs) for anyone trying to be a creative and an artist. But it is important that we experience that stuff. So that's really the key here. It's not, it's not about how much you're suffering, how much pain you feel. Maybe you feel a lot, maybe you feel a little, but it's, it's about whether or not you're opening to that experience rather than closing off to the experience. And opening to that experience is hard because we think that's going to hurt more, but actually closing off to it is what hurts more, ultimately. And it's also what blocks us creatively. So I think that that's my goal moving forward. The summer has been a challenge for me creatively. I have been struggling with a lot of things. I've felt lost. I've still been working, thank goodness. But (laughs) I'm ready for it to be over and to move forward on my projects and on my journey. And I'm going to work at opening myself and experiencing all the things and releasing them and i'll see what happens so those are my thoughts and how they stand currently on the relationship between suffering and pain and doing art i will eventually probably do an episode on the links between creativity and and mental illness or mental health struggles. But like I said, I do think that that's a separate topic. I think that when we talk about pain and suffering in art, we need to recognize that this is something inherent to the human experience, and that everybody is creative, has the capacity to make art if they want to, right? If they want to, you don't have to. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And Please recommend my podcast to anyone you think may be interested or need to hear what I have to say. I'll see you next Friday.